Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast where we talk everything events, sponsorship, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Sarah Brush, event professional for over two decades. My hope is that this podcast will help you use events and sponsorship to build community, grow your business, and make an impact. Let's get this party started. Today we have Miss Renee Bauer. Renee is an award-winning divorce attorney, published author, and founder of the Happy Even After Family Law. With almost two decades of experience, Renee is committed to empowering all women to redefine their sense of peace and purpose in their new life. Renee's insights are sought after by national and international media outlets, podcasts, and conferences where she speaks on entrepreneurship and women empowerment. As an accomplished litigator, she boldly educates and inspires women to reclaim their right to happiness. She is the host of the She Who Wins Summit live events. Her book by the same name will be released in 2023 by Urano Publishing. We are going to talk today all about planning and hosting events and also the messy action that happens behind the scenes. Hi, Renee. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I know it's really nice. I got to see you last week at Candy Valentino's event, and then I get to see you again. So I'm loving it. Yeah, it was awesome. That event last week was just was dynamic. It was so great. Oh, it was so good. So I know we're going to talk a lot about events on this podcast, but I would love to just hear, you know, a little bit about your business and really what drove you to like host your first event. Yeah, uh, awesome. So I'm a divorce lawyer, not I don't have anything to do with events, really. I hadn't for a really long time, but I had practiced law for almost 20 years now. And what I noticed, I was so much in the divorce space, and I had noticed that the women that I were working with were, there was a bigger issue than the marriage. So a lot of it was like a sense of worthiness, a sense of um, feeling like they deserved a healthy relationship. So there were these bigger things that I was working on with my clients. And Then it dawned on me that, you know, divorce is just a small part of someone's story, but I really wanted to focus and kind of shift what I was doing to, uh, for female entrepreneurs, for women who had a passion and thought maybe they could run a business, but didn't know how to start it. Um, For anyone just ready to take a big, bold risk. And that's where She Who Wins came from. And I had this this brilliant idea uh, about five months before my first event, I was sitting on my couch and I was scrolling through Instagram, just realizing like I was connected with so many amazing, powerful women. And wouldn't it be really cool to bring them all together? And so I looked over at my husband, I'm like, I have an idea. And he's like, oh God, (laughs) because every time (laughs) I say that it like involves him and his world gets, you know, turned into chaos. And, um, and that was the start of it. And that was the first one. It was like totally taking messy action and not even quite sure what it was going to turn into or if anyone was even going to show up. So that's so brilliant. And I mean, how many divorce lawyers do you know that like host events? <laughs> oh, none. And it wasn't even a, a divorce event. It was, yeah. you know, it was like, it was just four women and it just felt like it was just a hell yes for me. And it felt right. And it felt good. And I was meditating and actually came up with the, she who wins, like it just popped in my head. And I'm like, I have to do something with this. What, what can I do? 
Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So once you have the idea, then we know what happens next. It's, it's crazy. And there's a lot of messy action. So once you decided to have it, like what were your next steps? So I had a venue in mind. Um, you know, one of the things that I knew was I was had to be mindful about, like, I didn't want to go to this massive venue and not be able to fill the space. So I'm like, let me find a venue that is a little bit smaller, that maybe the budget, it's not going to require all of like the crazy added expenses that a, a different a hotel might add on. So I found this venue in the town that my office is located in called them up immediately, took a tour of it. The price was was totally reasonable. And I booked it within a couple of days. And then I had a total like panic attack a week later and almost <laughs> called to cancel. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Who am I to put on an event? Talk about imposter syndrome. And I was almost canceled. But at that point I had already had my speakers lined up and I'm like, I can't do that because if I go to them and they were, some of them were friends. If I go to them and say, guys, like I'm chickening out because I don't know what I'm doing. Every single one of them would be like, ah, no, you're not. So yeah, they would have you, they would be like, we're going to do this together. Yeah. So did you like to just start the process, did you think about like getting an event planner or like anybody that's hosted events before to kind of give you advice? No, um, I actually, before I even knew you, I listened to a bunch of your podcast episodes um, to get that. just sort of like, what, what are the things that I need to be thinking about? I did hire an event planner. Um, however, it's on what we could spend some time talking about this, but almost a word of caution of pay attention to who you're hiring because they didn't while they were there and they were present, they didn't actually help kind of like the TikTok of the day. Um, so, so much of that first event was on me. Like I was doing all of the stuff from the, the schedules and speaker outreach to um, even the day of making sure like the slides and all of that was like the AV stuff was good to go. I was like doing it all. I wore all the hats on that first one. Oh my gosh, that was just like a really quick lesson and, you know, planning event, not quick, but just like yeah. getting everything thrown at you. It's so much. And so the first thing you mentioned was getting the speaker. So I hear a lot of entrepreneurs just struggling, you know, when they're hosting events with how do I approach speakers? Like, do I need mm -hmm. to offer to pay them? Like maybe would they do it for something else? Like, how did you kind of think about that and approach that? So I, I didn't pay any of my speakers the first year. I That's really common. Into, yeah. So I tapped into my network of friends. Like I have so many really cool friends who are doing awesome things. Some of them are professional speakers and I called them up and like, it was just like, Hey, are you in? And every single one of them just gave me a hell yes, right from the beginning. And so I really gathered like those people who I already knew um, and, you know, also another lesson is like, I pulled in the speakers without really thinking of themes and topics. It was like, let me just, let me get some people who I know are going to be yeses and who were local to me as well, because I knew that, um, I didn't have a budget initially to fly people in and I didn't want to have that ask. So I really stuck to people who were in driving distance, um, or, you know, within my own state. Yeah. And then, I mean, really getting to like working on filling the room, so how did you even start that process and like marketing the event and, and all of that? Because again, like probably a lot of the people attending were not your clients, I would assume. I mean, some of them, of course, but you know, there's so many more people. I, you know, it's funny because I had this 
fear of like, I'm going to have to beg people to show up and like pull people off of like the grocery store to like beg them <laughs> to come and put their butts in the seats. And that never happens. So, you know, one of the power of bringing speakers in who are, are committed to your own mission and your own vision and who are friends is they gather up all of their friends too. Yeah. So a lot of my speakers, um, I gave all of my speakers affiliate links. Um, but that I can't even say that that was the driving force behind it, but I had friends really rally, like someone, um, ended up planning a whole retreat around their current coaching clients and had held at the same weekend. And she brought in a lot of people. So I had all of these speakers who were really putting the message out and it was just word of mouth. I did not have a formal marketing team or plan. It was completely organic. I did not spend money on ads. Um, I just put it out on social media and people came, um, which is crazy. And then we did, you know, I do have a big client base. And so we reached out to not every single one of our clients, but we went through our list and selected some to say, um, Hey, come, come join us at this event too. So we were tapping into that email list that we had. It just shows like such the power of community with, you know, the speakers getting their communities there and all of that, that must've just felt so good. Yeah. I mean, up until the very end, I just didn't know, you know, you just don't know. And then it was like, I had a moment when I was standing on stage and I looked out and the room was packed and like the people were, there were people, some of the vendors in the back and it was standing room only. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm like, this actually happened. People actually showed up. And I was like, wow. I need to do another one. <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. And so when you were like kind of starting the process, then how did you even kind of think about like, okay, I think I'm going to get this many people. And then, cause obviously you have to build your budget around that too. So how did you decide like how many people you were going to kind of focus on trying to get there? I was trying to fill the room. Uh, the, the venue only held about 125 people. We knew that was kind of max based on the seating that we wanted to do. Um, there was a whole vendor market too. So we had to take into account that, that those people um, would actually be in the space too. So it was, um, you know, honestly, it was just like, I, I, I can't even say it was budget focused, which is probably not the right answer if you're planning an event and it's not the answer I would give for the next one, but I was focusing on, okay, how do we fill the room first? And my, the venue cost was so low that everything else that was kind of added in wasn't, wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge expense. So we kept the first event, we kept the cost really, really low, but you know, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Like I was probably out of pocket, maybe $5,000. Like I didn't, make money on it, but that wasn't the intent. I wasn't using it to like have a huge profit. I wanted to try to break even as much as possible. But for me, I looked at it was that 5,000 was an investment in my business. We, we, my law firm got clients from it. It was an yeah. investment in the brand that I was trying to build. Um, and then the community that I was trying to build and knowing that that would just be, a. Uh, uh, catapult into the next one in, in what, you know, what I wanted to really turn this event into. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times the first events are just, they're a marketing expense. And of course we all want them to be profitable. And sometimes that happens your first event, but a lot of times you really have to work up to that. Um, and, you know, just also like what comes in after that, like not just the like revenue from the event, but like you said, like the clients and things like that, that come like that really goes towards that, you know, becoming a profitable event too. So right. 
Now, looking back, what were some of the things that were like complete surprises to you or things you did not like expect to come up? Um, so I think, you know, hiring, going back to an event planner, hiring an event planner who I thought would run the whole show that day, um, did not happen. And so it required like that day I was running around create, like we had a vendor not show up. Um, we, we hired some dancers to come in and it was supposed to be, they were supposed to come in the morning and on the contract <laughs> lesson, pay attention to your contract times. They had a uh, PM and not AM. Oh so they weren't there. And, uh, and now the day of, I'm like, where are you? I'm calling them. They're like, we're not supposed to be there until 7 p.m. I'm like, it's going to be over at 7 p.m. So they ended up showing up in the afternoon and it all worked out fine. But in that moment, I was the one on the phone. You know, I was the one coordinating all of that and trying to figure that out. And so I, I knew this go around. I didn't necessarily want just an event planner. Like I needed someone who was going to handle, be so detail oriented and handle that stuff and handle like the TikTok of the day and handle uh, in someone who had that skill set, not just someone who liked to make the room pretty. And I mm -hmm. think that there's a difference because a wedding planner has a different, you know, a different focus than someone trying to plan an event like this, where there's so many moving parts. So was this event planner, was it more of a day of event planner where she came in just kind of the day or a little bit before the event, or did you have her the whole process? I had her in a limited capacity for the whole process. She arranged for some vendors. Um, I was still very much had my hands in like planning the day and mapping it out. She was part of the process of the day before the setup. Um, when vendors were coming in, she brought people with her to check people in, um, some volunteers, and was supposed to orchestrate the whole day. And that didn't go down that way. Like I, I very much was the one with the mic on, running around, coordinating, uh -huh. you know, everything else, trying to deal with AV problems. So, but that's what happens when you do, <laughs> when you try to do a lower budget event, you don't have some of those people in places for all of those things. Yeah. And it's so good to have somebody that, and like, you know, like it's just so you can focus on just your speaking and the attendees yeah. and just like being super present for them. And it's, there's yeah. so many details to just run around and check. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely like a lot on your plate for the event. And you also mentioned like sponsors and vendors. So that's like a whole like own big piece of an event. So how did you decide, I guess, pricing for them, who to contact? Like, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so the the vendor market actually came really easy. So what I did, a little, little trick is when I was looking for them, I attended all of these craft fairs that were like happening. And it was right around this time of year, the holidays were coming up. And I walked around to all of them, took their card and like pitched them. I'm like, hey, I host an event in the spring. Would you would you be interested? Because if they were at an, an, a craft fair or an event like that, then they might be interested in being at my event. So I got most of them that way. It was just like boots on the ground. Let me have conversations with the people in the community who are showing up with those events. Um, sponsors were a little trickier 
and we had we had a few sponsors, um, nothing corporate. They were all smaller, but that was direct outreach for me with the relationships that I have. Now for the next event, I actually hired a marketing team who is doing all of the sponsor outreach because there's so much to it and the follow up and like it, it's at some point you need help with this. And that was the one thing that I did not enjoy doing. I didn't want to do it again. So I was like, let me outsource that part. Um, the vendor piece of it, though, it's funny because I'm still very much doing the the vendors the same way. We have a lot of the same vendors coming back, and it's just talking to people because I'm I'm sitting here in Connecticut, like I know the people who might be interested in something like that. So it's easy for me to have conversations with the places that I regularly go to to shop, to have coffee. You know, it's just all relationships. Well, I love that tip because that's exactly what I always suggest doing with vendors is like even just going through like markets, you know, in your area and like Instagram and just looking like who's following who and just kind of because like you said, like if they already know the value of exhibiting at events, it's like you're one step further than that. And then how did you decide like what to charge for the vendors and sponsors? Um, I, for the sponsors, it was a little bit more open. It was like, mm -hmm. Hey, come sponsor me. What can I do? How can we share value? I had some guidelines, um, but no one actually followed them. It was, we, we totally just did whatever felt right um, for that. And some of it was in kind too. And I was absolutely like loved taking that because it was less out of my pocket. Um, but I just, if for me, it felt like if I was a small business and I was a vendor, what felt right to me, like what's an appropriate investment um, recognizing like, okay, I don't know what the turnout is going to be. It's the first event. I can't make any of those promises and I didn't want to. So I tried to keep the price really reasonable. So it would feel like, you know what, if they showed up and 10 people were there, then it wasn't like a huge loss for them. Um, you know, and I was the whole, but I just wanted everyone to have a really good experience and no, not anyone feel like, oh, this was a waste of my time or money. Yeah. And that's such a testament to you to like get in all of those vendors and sponsors when you don't have like the history from a previous event. So that's like a really big deal. And also like doing most of that yourself. So it's really exciting that you've set such an incredible foundation from that first event. And I'm sure there's like a billion lessons learned. So what are some of those things that you would definitely, and I know we talked about some of them, but kind of like change and evolve for this next event coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, everything is changed for the next event. So I, I decided that if I was going to do this at with the vision that I had for it, I needed to up-level the venue in a massive way. And, you know, as I looked at, we started in one place and I'm like, I can do a half step or I can just do a big old leap. And I'm like, you know what, let's just do the big old leap. Um, and so we have a massive venue at Mohegan Sun Casino, which is just a destination in and of itself. Um, it's a great place to go for a weekend and it's just, it's, it's incredible. We have so many cool spots for things are going to get held and lounges for like networking parties and things. So, um, I have an AV team this year, so I will not be actually Yay. sliding through anyone's deck. We have, uh, oh my gosh, you, so you didn't actually, you didn't even have the AV team last year. You were we doing the decks. I was doing the decks. Oh, that's a lot. That is a yeah. lot. <laughs> So we are not doing that this year. That was one of, I had a call with the AV team because the the venue at an extra cost provides an AV team. Um, so we were doing all of the things. We're doing the monitors. We're doing the timers. We're doing the slide. Like nothing, I am not going to have my hands in any of that. 
Um, I also hired someone who attended the event last year and I had connected with her, didn't know her before, but she's so detailed and task oriented. She, she had her hands in the corporate planning world, but she was not a like a wedding planner. She was right. like, like, let me. And so that her skill set was like, I need you to do this because I know that you're going to be like this. You're going to keep everyone on task. You're going to be like a sergeant. And that's what I was looking for this time. Not someone sitting back, making sure like the flowers had water or, or, or something, the napkins <laughs> were lined up. So, um, so I was just very, really careful about who I had as part of this, even the photographer, I had a photographer who did, you know, a decent job, but I knew a photographer in North Carolina who did an amazing job. And he had um, photographed me when I was speaking at another event and I saw his work and I'm like, you know what, if we're up leveling this event, I want everything. I want all of the pieces to, to have that same feel. And I called them. I'm like, I need you. Like, I need you on my team. And so like now I just feel so confident and secure about the whole team around me that I can now show up in a different way. I could just be present like you talked about. And I have one job is, you know, that day and not 20 jobs. So I, you know, I, it's really just making sure that you have that support around you. Um, but I, don't, I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have done it any other way you know? No. And I was going to say that. I mean, I think that's, I think some people go in so big on their first event and then you end up in debt and it's like, you never want to do it again. And I think if you ended up probably having more of the support you needed from the event planner, it probably would have been so much better, you know, and not having those huge AV expenses and all of those things. And, And like you said, like you learn from that and what areas you really need to like get more support on going forward. Um, so tell me all about, you know, the event coming up, the location, the dates, like your speakers. Yeah. So it's April 28th and 29th. Our main day event is on Saturday, the 29th. That's going to be when we have our main stage speakers. We have some entertainment surprises up my sleeve that I'm so excited about. Um, And we just have some really fun stuff going on for that day for everyone. So everyone can show up for that one day. Um, We do have an add-on whether if you want to show up and do a little networking the Friday night, we have a cocktail party at a lounge at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Um, it's a it's a really cool space within that entire venue. Uh, and then we also have a business strategy day for someone who wants to get motivated, but they also want to leave with some real strategy and implementation for their business. So myself and a couple of my expert friends are running a full day strategy business session where we're going to dive into your business and we're going to keeping that really small and and intimate so that we can have those connections and really like get to know everyone who's, who's in that room. So you have lots of options to show up for the motivation, um, show up for the strategy and the motivation, show up for the networking and all of, all of the things. So it's going down in Connecticut on the East coast, which is so interesting because I feel like there's so few events on this part of the country. Everything's happening in Phoenix and Scottsdale. So we're bringing it. It's so nice that you're, you're having the event there. And then I know that the people listening can't see this, but you have your like um, backdrop on the screen is your event name. And also, I just wanted to share how you actually had a booth at Candy Valentino's event we just did promoting your event. So it's like its own brand. And I love how you're doing that and just like getting it out there in every way. Um, How many people are you hoping to get at this event? You know, I would love to put 250 people in the room, um, which is double what we got. And I think it's doable because we do have a whole marketing effort on this time around. Um, Yeah, I mean, the room can hold 
500 or 800 people, but I wouldn't even want that many people. You know, I think 250 is really like the perfect number to keep it small enough and, and intimate enough. Yeah. And are you, and you're on a wait list right now. Registration is going to open soon. Yes. Registration opens on November 21st, which is Monday. Ooh, that, yeah, yeah, that's great. We need to get this podcast out right away then so we can get some people <laughs> registering. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what are the benefits that you've seen within your business from hosting events? So I, you know, it, the, I, there's two things. One, my actual brick and mortar business got, we got clients from that, but that wasn't the whole point of my event. That was just, you know, a natural flow that happened, but I got a book deal. And I oh think gosh. that so much of it is because of this event, because we had a book proposal out in the world and it was based on she who wins. And I was, I had put it together right around the same time that I was started to plan this event and we didn't get anything. But then once we got, we had the event and I had the footage and I linked uh, footage and clips from the event in my actual book proposal, we actually got a deal. And which is crazy oh that gosh, that's so thank big. you thank you so the book actually is coming out um it was supposed to come out next september and they just moved the publication date to may or june which to get it closer to the event so the fact that the publisher was actually like massaging my publication date in order to have it around the event is like that tells me that wow like this event has has massive impact in so many other things. It's not just about that one day, like so many other great things can flow from it. Oh my gosh. That's so huge. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and where do you see things going with the event in the future? Like, will you know, continue to do the yearly event. Do you feel like you might do something different with it as well? I love the yearly. I think that if I did more than that, I would have burnout and it would be a little watered down. Um, I love putting all of the energy and having just like one killer event. Um, but I, but I also see myself doing masterminds, uh, business masterminds, cause that's so much who I am. Like I am the rah-rah and the motivation, but I'm also like, let's get to work and like, let's, let's, let's do some things because that that's who I, before I was anything, that's who I was. Like I, I still run a brick and mortar business. Um, and so it's so much of what I do is behind the scenes and in like the Excel sheets. So I, yeah, I have my own podcast called She Who Wins and I want to keep writing. I have a whole series in mind that I would love to, um, to secure a deal for. So there's lots of good stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, we will be watching you. This is all so exciting. And then just to kind of close out and you've given so many great tips, I think for people that are thinking about doing events and what they need to focus on and think about, are there any, is there any other feedback that you want to share about the event or tips that you would give? Just have fun with it. I think that it's so easy to get caught up in like the stress and the hustle, especially those couple of weeks leading up to it, where it's so chaotic and just, you know, I had a moment at my event when I, when I was standing on stage and I looked out and I just like, I was overcome with emotion because it was like, wow, all of these people showed up. And like, I really allowed myself to take that in. And then I went around and, and tried to talk to every single person who was in that room, at least say hello and make that connection and thank them for showing up. And I went around to the vendors and thanked them. And it was like, just really recognizing that events are for the people who show up and not losing sight of that and connecting with them. Um, and that filled me up more than anything. And that really was the fuel to plan another one. It wasn't about the event itself. It wasn't about speaking. It was like, it was the connections with other people. 
Yeah, that's so special. And I mean, especially with the next event, you'll have so much more time to do that because you won't be doing everything else. But I mean, I think that is, it's like, it's that connection. It's being able to have the time at your event to really focus on the people and and see what they're loving at the event. And on that topic, did you actually, did you do a survey after it all to get feedback from the attendees? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and it was so helpful because I also realized going into it, I didn't know who was going to show up. And then I realized that most of the women who showed up were entrepreneurs, not all of them. Um, I also gave me a good idea of what the age range was and the things that were important to them um, and that the chairs were uncomfortable. <laughs> a couple <laughs> comments about that. So I, but you know, it's funny is I like, kind of laugh at the comment, but I'm like, that stuck with me. Cause I'm like, all right, I have to make sure like we're focusing on their comfort because that's the stuff that, that they remember. I know. And I think it's, I think some people get scared to kind of send out that survey because it is really raw and you're going to hear a lot of things, but like you said, like those, you know, people are going to share what's on their mind, but you can kind of take and leave what you need to, but it's always going to help create a better experience. And then you have insight into what's going on. You're not like going into the next one blind. So um, I always suggest that. So that's great that you did that. Well, this has been so fun talking to you. I love everything that you're doing. And I just, you know, can't wait to kind of follow your journey and see what you do next and kind of watch all of the marketing for the event. Um, what is the best way for everyone listening to support you, support your event, your book, everything coming up? Oh, um, I like to hang out on Instagram. So head on over and just give me a follow, send me a message. It's at Ms. Renee Bauer. Um, and I'm constantly in my inbox, checking those and responding to them. So if anything resonated, like shoot me a DM and let me know, because it's always nice to hear, to hear that. Oh yeah. Well, I loved having you here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Your time is valuable and I appreciate it that you spent it with me. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love if you could review and rate it five stars. This helps us get the podcast out to more people. Thanks. Have a great day.